years, the elders that have done such a great work, believing God and trusting God, not trying to go ahead and manufacture the blessing. But there's one thing I've learned that you don't ask for a blessing, you pray for a blessing. When God calls you, God has called you. When God chooses you, it is his choice to go ahead and lead you on a new journey in life. How many can say amen? So tonight I want to talk to you about redeeming your dreams. You see, because I've also been able to experience some of these faith desperate times in my calling in Christ. Times where you've got nothing else to do except pray. Times when you got nothing else to do, nobody to call, nothing, nobody's there going to be able to help you out. But all you can do is go and cry out to your Savior and say, God, I know you called me, and you're just going to have to make a way. I remember when we were going through a transition in our churches out there in the Philippines and how we were in a place where we, 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 all, all of our financial support was coming to an end. And our budget was above, you know, more than $1,000 a month. That was the budget for the homes, for the church, for the ministry, for everything. And I said, you know what, God, I knew. Because it didn't just happen that United We Can said, okay, you know, you got some time, but it's going to stop. It didn't happen like that. The Lord also stopped the fact that we were receiving support from our city mayor all at the same time. So all I could do was pray and believe God, God, you know what? We still run a lease. We got to still pay this rent. We still got to pay the bill. And so I don't know how. We got three more months left, Lord, and I don't know how it's going to happen. And how many know that sometimes we serve a God that is a last-second God? Hello, somebody. We were there, and I was praying to God, Lord, we have all these, you know, we got to pay this money. Otherwise, we're going to be out on the street. We, we got a women's home, a men's home, a church. I don't know what we're going to do, but all I know is you're going to have to come through, Lord. And as we were there, and, and I was just continuing, I'd get up on church and Sunday and try to preach about faith and believing God and trusting God. And then the rent was due. Hello, somebody. But the very same day the rent was due, all of a sudden I get a phone call the first month. And somebody from another ministry, not Victory Outreach, from another country just said, you know what, we want to wire you some money and we want to wire this much money to you. They did not know our situation. They did not know the position we were in. But the money that they wired was exactly enough to pay all the bills, hallelujah, for that month. And then guess what? We're on our second month, and we're down to the last second again, and we had to pray again. Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. Then all of a sudden, I get an email from Istanbul, Turkey, another church. All of a sudden, the Lord put it in their heart to pick up an offering for our church, and then the Lord paid the bill to the centavo. Praise the Lord. I can go on and on tonight, but I better get into the Word of God. Let's read from the book of John, chapter 6. Because my life has been a journey. How many know it's never boring serving the Lord? John chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. Everybody say he was testing him. 
For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. Another of the disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Everybody say, upo. That means sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they all sat down, about 5,000 men, not including children and ladies. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Everybody say, as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all enough to eat, he said to his disciples, now go gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over that they had not eaten. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 9, that, that a generous man will be blessed. Now, in order to have a generous spirit, you've got to have a big eye, a big vision. You've got to have a, a, an eye of faith. How many can say amen? Because a lot of times the thing that will rob a person from having a generous spirit is a lack of faith. Jesus knew what he was going to do here, but Jesus was trying to deal with the mentality of the, the disciples. You see, Jesus already knew that the fish and the loaf were going to be there. Jesus already knew the situation that was going on. But he, 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 he talked to the disciples and he said, you know what? How are we going to feed all these people? He was testing their mentality. You see, a lot of times our mentality, our mindset, growing up maybe you were poor, maybe you didn't have a lot of things, maybe you didn't have, you know, a lot of things happen in your family or you didn't have the, the new shoes you had to wear, the second hand-me-downs or the third hand-me-downs. So a lot of times that begins to program in us that little, that, that poverty mentality. But now that we are in Christ, how many know we're no longer poor, but we now have a faith mentality? Jesus was trying to deal with the mentality of the disciples here. And then he says, all right, keep your eyes on me. Check it out. You see, a real discipler will always go ahead and do things so the disciples can learn. You see, intentional discipleship is very important. So those of you who might be beginning to aspire to be a leader, listen, the best way to start being a leader is to learn how to disciple others. Because a leader should not be a leader unless they learned how to disciple others. In other words, listen, this is how I'm going to try to deal with your mentality. I'm going to do something here, an illustrated sermon, so that you can go ahead and watch what I'm doing, see what I'm doing, and you can begin to learn from what I'm doing. Everybody say, what I'm doing. Not what I'm preaching, not what I'm saying, but what I'm doing. Everybody say, what I'm doing. That's discipleship. And that's what Jesus was doing here. You see, he wanted to open their mentality. He wanted to begin to open their vision and their eyes to show them how they can really achieve their dreams and their goals. In other words, he wanted to show them how to redeem their dreams. Now, I don't know if God has given you a dream yet. I don't know if God has really given you a calling or a vision to do something for the Lord or to do something beyond the natural. 
But let me tell you something. There will be a lot of times it will be tested, and there will be times that you'll want to give up and just say, forget about it. I can't do it. It's too hard. It's never going to happen. You see, a lot of things can cause this to happen, but I want you to know something. Success comes in cans. How many can say amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's time that we start to learn with our mentality to get a can opener and start opening. I can. Everybody say, I can. That's one of my favorite things Pastor Steve used to say all the time. Success comes in cans. So get yourself a can opener. How to redeem your dream. Number one, verse 10 says, Jesus had the people sit down. This, was a, this is what he did. He, call, he called them to make a decision. Everybody say decision. There's going to be five D's in this message tonight. The first one is decision. You see, when you're under the gun, you don't run. You don't give up. You don't quit. You don't throw in the towel. You need to learn to put your seatbelt on and enjoy the ride because sometimes it's going to be uphill. But how many know the road to success is uphill all the way? So we got to learn to go ahead and just put our seatbelt on and get ready to go for the ride. And listen, you don't jump out. You don't quit. You don't put on the brakes. Because Victory Outreach, heart of the bay, you're going somewhere. You see, when you're hanging out with Jesus, you're always going to have an exciting time with the Lord. You see, when it comes to your dream, the devil will do whatever he can to try to steal it when it's fresh. To try to kill your vision when it's new. When the minute you start to take those first couple steps to fulfilling your vision or dream, that's exactly when the enemy's going to try to come in and destroy it and shatter it and steal it from you. Can I get an amen? You see, that's kind of what happened when they when they came to pioneer the church in Hayward. You see, he will he even tried to kill baby Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, when he was a baby, he tried to have him murdered, but it didn't work. Even Moses, when he was a baby, tried to kill baby Moses to prevent the deliverer from being born. But how many know Jesus always provides a way? You see, that's the great thing is this, even in the last darkest minute, darkest hour, God will be right there ready. All you just got to do is believe and hold on to the cross. You don't put it down. You don't quit and you don't turn your back. Well, imagine if Pastor Steve would have gave up, if they would have quit. Imagine the consequences that would have happened. We would not probably be here today because back then Hayward was not really well known. Hello, somebody. Now Hayward is all over the world because God is raising up a church that is raising up men and women that are going to go and answer the call of God. But imagine if in the first couple years they would have threw in the towel. I can't imagine where my life would be today. I can't imagine if I would even be walking anymore, let alone having my own mind. I'd probably be in the 5150 cell right now. Hello, somebody. In a straitjacket, talking to myself and everybody else who's not in the room. That's what that meth will do to you. Hello, somebody. Lack of sleep and drugs and living the life in the fast lane. Like Sister Josie said, she didn't miss nothing. Hello, somebody. 
Thank God he rescued you and I when he did. Thank God he pulled us out when he did. Thank God that we are here today because the man and woman of God held on to their dream. You see, the devil will try to make you call it quits. But all you need to do is stay put and sit down. Everybody say, sit down. See, when you're under the gun, you don't run. You got to be on your vision like a pit bull on a pork chop. How many can say amen? You got to fight for it. You got to tell the devil he can't have it anymore. You see, he stole enough from you and me. Hello, somebody. He ain't taking my godly vision. He ain't taking my godly dream anymore. No, I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to continue to live for it. I'm going to continue to die for it. It doesn't matter. But listen, he can't have it anymore. How many can say amen? Got to catch a godly dream. If you don't have one yet tonight, I'm going to pray you can go ahead and begin to have that godly dream. You see, I never knew that I would be traveling the world. I never knew that when I would be going through immigration, the, the, the officers would be looking at me and say, hey, you're very popular around here. They told me that just this time. I said, well, okay, yeah. Yeah, every year. But hello, somebody. And it was actually the first time they didn't even search me. Hallelujah. Thank God they didn't search me. Get tired of that. Uh, I, I expect it. When I'm going through immigration and they're going to put the number on my car, I said, all right, that's the number of the day. Where am I going? Thank God. Today I ain't got to worry about it no more. You see, when you decide not to run and you make that decision to sit down, that's when God begins to make his move on your behalf. You see, there's no greater joy than when, when God moves on your behalf. You see, it's been that very moment you decide, I'm not giving up. What about it? I'm sitting right down right here, and I'm going to continue to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to fight for it. I'm not going to quit. Number two, verse 10 and 11. He took the bread, and then he gave it out. Everybody say he dealt. In Romans 12, 3, the Bible says, to each God has given a measure of faith. You see, each one of us, God has given a measure of faith. God has dealt to you a measure of faith. God has given it to you, and, and that's what you got to begin to learn. Listen, go ahead and learn to play with the cards God has dealt you. Don't try to have too much more play and bluff your hand anymore. But learn to use the resources God gives you. Learn to use the resources like prayer. Prayer is the number one resource that anybody can have. And every one of us has that resource in this place. The problem is many times we're not using the resource, we're using our own resources. So then that's when we start to go ahead and do the, the, the Proverbs 3, 5. Hello, somebody, the lean on your own understanding. That's the very minute you start manufacturing your blessing instead of praying for the blessing. we got to continue to know God gives to each a measure of faith. Use the resources God gives you. And when you begin to use those resources, that's when you'll start to see that God is more than enough. I don't think you heard that one. That's when you know God is more than enough. See, when God gets the glory for all he has done, not the government, not the man, but God gets the glory because he has done what he has done. 
You see, now I know the flip side of the coin. Now that we're not getting help for our home from the mayor. Guess what now? Every time I walk into the city hall now, now they're asking us to give a, to, to share the word of God twice every other week there in the city hall to more than 100 government employees. They wouldn't be doing that if we were still receiving handouts. Hello, somebody. But no, over the last few years, we've worked hard to establish a godly testimony in our city, a testimony that says, listen, we're not going to be paying it, paying it. In other words, begging all the time anymore. But we're going to be a church that's going to go out to the streets and continue to bless the community using whatever resources God provides for us. We're going to build a mental that is going to raise up disciples that are going to become pastors that are going to become lights to all the city that we live in. And we're not going to be begging for help. No, it's going to be on the flip side. They're going to be turning around and asking us for help. And that's exactly what's happening now. You see, whenever they have some troubled teenager or somebody who's being abused or somebody who has nowhere else to go, or maybe it's that, then whenever they have those kind of cases, guess who they're calling now? They're calling Victory Outreach. This is what we got to realize, that we cannot continue to go ahead and try to manufacture the blessing, but continue to use the resources God has given you. You see, sometimes you won't have a whole lot, but God will make it more than enough. You see, we don't have the best sound systems in the church right now. We don't have the best chairs. We don't even, we're, we're pretty much squatting in another church right now, using their, renting them their place. But someday we're believing God, our church members are believing God that through their giving and through their tithing and through their pledges for building funds and through their giving. Listen, this is what God is doing. God is raising up people that know what blessing is. Before, when we were fully supported, hello somebody, they were on the receiving end. But now they're starting to discover that it is more blessed to give than to receive. See, that's what we want to believe, and that's why God is blessing our church, that, you know what, our home is full packed right now. There's no more bed space, and the men there, they're not compromising and smoking and doing all that stuff, hello, but they're praying in the morning, they're getting up early, they're choosing to fast on their own, and they're excited to be a part of the vision and to begin to start doing works for God. You see, that's the kind of fruit we got to begin to raise up. We can't do that if we're still begging. How many can say amen? Number three. Verse 11 says that he gave thanks. The first D was decision. Everybody say decision. Second D was dealt. And the third D is devotion. You've got to learn to include God in everything in your life. You see, through God, all things are possible to him who, him who believes. Why does God want the glory? Because he can handle it. You see, a lot of times we got to remember that there, we got to leave the glory in the pulpit. We got to leave the glory in the church. So many times we're trying to take the honor and glory from the Lord, and we got to continue to lift up Jehovah Nissi. That is the Lord, our banner. Wherever you go, they should be seeing Christ glorified through your life. Not you, not your neighbor, not your loved one, but Christ being glorified in your life. And that's what begins to happen, and that's when God begins to allow the Shekinah glory to 
to come down upon your life. And then guess what? That means the Shekinah glory in the Old Testament speaks of honor and splendor. That means your life will live in honor. Hello, somebody. You don't have to look at the floor anymore, but you can look up. And splendor means what? God's provision into your life. You see, when was the last time that you can say that God did something in your life? When was the last time somebody had to look at your life and they saw something happening and they said, you know what, that had to be God? When was the last miracle? When was the last time God moved on your behalf? You see, that's the question we got to begin to raise up in our hearts is, listen, it might have been last year or the year before or maybe last month. But listen, we got to start living in the last days as believers that are walking in the presence of the Lord who are believing God. That listen, God, today I need you to move on my, my behalf. Even if it's just leading people to Christ, even if it's going to your work, and God will begin to give you the words to say and the strategy to have, and God will begin to give you those things because, listen, then people will take notice and say, man, that God had to do that because Cody didn't do that. Hello, somebody. You guys don't know who that person is. That's okay. He's dead. He's in the grave. Hallelujah. He's no longer living. Hallelujah. You see, there was a preacher in one of our conferences named Evie Hill. And he talked about prayers that move the hand, heart of God, move the hand of God. And he was talking about the prayers and he says, you know what? A lot of believers, they live in their lives in prayer. They wake up in the morning, they say, thank you, Lord, for a new day. He says, you're welcome. Then they say, Lord, please bless my food. Go ahead, don't choke. Lord, give us traveling mercies. Okay, drive safe. You know, God just gets kind of bored with those kind of prayers. But then there are the prayers of those that are getting desperate for miracles. The prayers of those that are praying for salvation and healing and miracles. These are the prayers that start to move and get God excited. You see, God's adrenaline starts to move when we start to pray and believe God for provision and for healing and for deliverance and for salvation of lost loved ones. The, the impossible ones I'm talking about. Hello, somebody. The ones that are most stubborn. Hello, somebody. But God will knock them off their horse. Hello, somebody. You see, those are the kind of prayers we got to start having in our life. The prayers that will begin to move the heart and the hand of God. Continuing to give everything that he has done for us back to him. Giving thanks to him. Lord, this is your ministry. Lord, these are your people. This is your dream, Lord. I'm just in it for the ride. How many can say amen? Number four. He distributed. This is a hard one. Because this basically means launching out into the deep as a believer. You see, faith separates the champions from the wannabes. From the sisilalas. From the average Joes. Hello, somebody. You see, you could call yourself a Christian, but just because you're in church doesn't mean you're a Christian. You see, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. And when we call ourselves Christian, we call ourselves to be Christ-like. How many can say amen? 
So let us continue to begin to grow and exercise and develop our faith muscles. You see, faith is what God gets God's adrenaline going. See, how do you think God feels when you when when there's a person that everybody else gave up on, nobody wants anything to do with, when that person goes inside the men's home? How do you think God starts to get excited about that? Especially when they start hearing people preaching from the pulpit. And then they start saying, you know what, I, I, I think I can do that someday. You know what, I think I can be an evangelist someday. I, I, I'm starting to have a vision. I, I believe I can be a missionary or a pastor or, or some kind of work for the honor and glory of God. That's the kind of faith that begins to get God excited. All of a sudden, God will stand up and say, come on over here, Michael. Come on over here. Check this out over here. Look, 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 look. That man right there, look, he, he was given up on. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. But now he's in the Victory Outreach Men's Home, and he's believing that he's going to be a pastor someday. He's believing that he's going to be a part of the vision, and he's going to be launched out to the Philippines. about you, but I think big in my life now because my God is big. I know my mentality is too small many times. I know there's always that devil trying to shrink my mentality and shrink my vision and shrink my dream, but I know that, listen, it's God's dream anyways, and it's God's vision anyways, and my God is big, hallelujah. So tonight I want to challenge you, begin to have a big vision. Begin to have a big dream. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The book of Psalms 107, 23, and 24, the, the Bible, the scripture says, and this is one of Pastor Steve's favorite verses, that others got into the boat and they launched out into deep waters. And those are the ones that saw the marvelous works of God. You see, there were people that didn't get in the boat who stayed on the land and they were tilling and they were farming. They were doing what they knew they could do to survive. But there, there, were, there were those that launched out into the deep waters where they didn't know if they would catch any food. But that is the opportunity where God was able to move on their behalf. How many can say amen? God hangs out in the deep waters, Victory Outreach. So listen today, don't stay on the dry land. Launch out into the deep when it comes to your Christian life, when it comes to your family life. When it, then you will begin to see, listen, get out there and distribute the gospel to other people. You see, God begins to start raising up treasures out of darkness. And we get out there and we do evangelism and we start telling people about Jesus. We start sharing the good news in your workplace and, and in the streets. And all of a sudden, people are saying, you know what, there's Victory Outreach again. Oh, there's them Victory Outreach people again. But that's a good thing because now all over the world, they're starting to say, there's Victory Outreach again. In the inner cities of the world where nobody else wants to go, oh, there's Victory Outreach again. In neighborhoods where no police will go, well, there's Victory Outreach again. Aren't you scared to go? No way, because my God is a big God. He has called us to the vision. He has called us and given us under the ointing, and we're going to continue to get out there and distribute the vision that God has given to us. How many can say amen? amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise tonight. You see, what do you want to see God do in your life this year? Do you want to still experience the same God you did last year? What do you want to see God do this year? How do you want to see God move in your life this year? Or are you going to be settled and satisfied with 
living your Christian life the same way you did last year? What kind of deep waters can you launch out into today that will begin to challenge God to move on your behalf? The last D I want to share tonight, verse 12 and 13, dividends. Everybody say dividends. You see, after the food was distributed and given out, there was still a lot left over, so there was a lot of excess that was collected back. You see, there is more than enough when you're living in the reward of the Lord. It pays to be full of faith in the house of God. You see, when God does things, he does it lavishly. He does it big time. How many can say amen? You see, the difference is that so many times we think it's God, but it's actually our manufacturing. Did you get that? You see, there's a difference between a miracle of God and a move of man. You see, we can play our life like a chess set all day long and putting ourselves in the right place for the blessing, putting ourselves in the right place for the blessing, but the right place for the blessing is in the deep waters. Can I get an amen tonight? Launching out into places there where there, there is no certainty of a future. Launching out to places where you don't know if you're going to be able to feed your family anything but ketchup soup. Hello, somebody. In Hebrews 11.22, it talks about Joseph, how Joseph gave instruction concerning his bones. And he gave instruction be to, the, to the Israelites to, to keep his bones and not to bury them in Egypt. But he gave these instructions hundreds of years prior to the time of the Exodus. Joseph had a vision and a dream that someday God's people will get out of Egypt. And he said, do not bury me in this place. You take me home to be with my forefathers. You see, this is the great thing about this is hundreds of years later, it finally came to pass. But during the time of slavery, I can just imagine there that there was people who were living as slaves, men who were building brick and, and toiling as slaves, but they would start to lose all hope. They would get weary and tired and ready to give up on life. But all of a sudden, they would see that casket over there with Joseph's bones lying in it. And they began to believe that, listen, someday, someday, God is going to bring you from the time of Egypt into the promised land. Someday, your dream is going to begin to come to pass. Someday, your vision is going to start to unfold. Someday, everybody say, someday. Don't let your vision or dream die. Abraham in Genesis 15, verse 3, it goes on to talk about how God began to speak to Abraham, who was already well off in his years, and he called Abraham outside, and he began to say, because Abraham was wrestling and saying, I'm going to have to leave all of my wealth and everything that I have earned. I'm going to have to leave it to my servant's child. So God called him outside. He said, look up, Abraham. Look up. All of the stars in the sky, so will your children's children be. So then you find out later on, Genesis 22, his firstborn was already born. And God begins to say, okay, Abraham, now I want you to take your son, your one and only son, and I want you to take him and offer him as a sacrifice to me. 
Now, I can only imagine Abraham's mindset at this time. Abraham is wrestling and saying, you know what? That's not what we do in Victory Outreach. That's what those people do. But he said, nevertheless, okay, God, we'll do. So they woke up the next morning. He prepared everything, and he went with his son and the servants, and they started to take a three-day journey. And as they were there, three days later, they came to the place called Mount Moriah, which is also the same place of Mount Calvary. Everybody say three days later. And as they came to the Mount Moriah there, the place called Mount Calvary, as they came to that place, he told his servants, okay, you wait right here, and me and my son, we're going to go up to the mountain, and we will be back. You see, Abraham knew that as God had promised him that his descendants will be as like the stars in the sky. Every time he would be looking up, he would be reminded of his vision and dream. And even though if he was to sacrifice his son, it would be the the last of the death of his vision. But nevertheless, God shall provide. Nevertheless, as they came up there, he said, we will be back. You see, Abraham said, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. As he would look up in the sky, he would be reminded of the promise and the dream God gave him. It's not over yet. Tell your neighbor, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Come on, tell your other neighbor, it's not over yet. Sometimes God will bring you to the edge. Right there to the very edge. Just look up. Just look up and be reminded that God has called you by name. He has chosen you and he knows every hair on your head, even if you have none. God is going to be with you. God is going to continue to bring your dream and your vision to pass. God is going to fight on your behalf. Just when it seems your vision is going to die, look up. Redeem your dream. So what dream has God given you tonight? What goals has God set before you? What promises has God given to you from his word? Dream big here tonight because God is, not, God is a dream maker. He's not a dream taker. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I can only share with you tonight that I have had to live a lifestyle of faith. And many times it's not, you feel like giving up. Many times you have nothing else but your faith. That's all you have left. Many times you want to say, you know what, I don't know if it's going to be possible. I don't know if it's going to happen. But then God is right there in the nick of time. God will be right there to go ahead and say, all right, now step into your blessing. When it came to my firstborn daughter, I had to live a lifestyle of faith. God called me. And I had to let the Lord take care of her. I had to know that no matter what, God was going to take care of her. And thank God because she is now born again today and she is doing well. 
You see, sometimes you've got to continue to pursue your dream and your vision, even though your family might not be completely saved. Listen, as I answered the call to be a missionary in Dublin, Ireland, God began to do his work, and my drug addict mother became set free and healed, and she gave her life to the Lord. That was just the beginning. Sometimes you just got to keep going, keep fighting, even when you feel like giving up. You see, there were times when I said, you know what, to myself, no, I can't do this. I can't go out there and be on another country. I got to stay here and fight for my family. I got to continue to be here for them. But listen, the Lord is my God, and he can richly supply all of my needs. It doesn't mean if it's salvation only. It can provide materially, financially, spiritually in all of your needs needs God can supply even my marriage many times marriage can get tough people especially marriage and ministry it can be tough but nevertheless I thank God because my wife and I we know how to pray we know how to use the resources God has given us. And because of that, many times we had to get down and fight together. Many times we don't know the warfare that we're going through. But all we can do is begin to say the name of Jesus and continue to cry out to God and begin to see that God is going to move on our behalf. You see, it's my calling. It's my cross. It's my dream. To see more Filipinos raised up for the honor and glory of God. My dream to see missionaries launched out for my church. My dream to see families restored and treasures out of darkness brought into the house of God. It's my dream. And I'm not going to let the devil take it from me anymore. I'm not going to let him steal it from me anymore. But I will fight for it. Can I get an amen? Faith. Redeem your dream tonight. Some of you are ready to give up on your dream. Some of you are ready to go ahead and make decisions in your life that are contrary to your dream. You see, the decisions you make are like a balance. I've had to make decisions in my life that were tough and very hard, but nevertheless, I always had my dream in the balance. And I've never gone wrong. You see, God gave you a vision and a promise. Just because circumstances get tough, you don't quit. You don't give up. You don't sell out. You redeem that dream. Let's all stand in this place. Let's just begin to worship God in this place. The Holy Spirit is here right now. I can feel the Lord is ministering to your hearts all over this place. He's ministering even right here to my life right now. God is touching my heart, and I know that this is night, this night right now, there's going to be some dreams that are going to be rebirthed, dreams that are going to begin to launch out, dreams that are going to be to step out and launch into the deep tonight, dreams that are going to continue to be redeemed right now. Let's worship God all over this place. Lift up your hands, lift up your hearts, begin to worship. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is your provider, protector. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Right now, begin to worship him. Begin to speak in the heavenly tongue, whatever it is right now. 
You know the dream and the vision God has given you right now. Oh, give it to him right now. Begin to say, it's your dream, Lord. It's your calling, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my life is in your hands.